Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This is not a test. This is your emergency podcast system announcing the commencement of the annual Take Purge. At the siren, all takes, including things you don't actually believe, will be legal for 60 continuous minutes. No players, coaches, or media members of any kind will be granted immunity. All rational thought, logic, and professional credibility will be suspended. The Ringer Podcast Network thanks you for your participation. May our take God, Chris Sims, be with you all. Welcome. To the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I'm joined <laughs> by two men ready to cleanse their souls, Danny Kelly and Craig Worldbeck. Yeah, it's time. It is time indeed. We spend a lot of time prepping for the football season, for the fantasy football season. We spend a lot of time thinking, researching, prepping, but amidst all this time, there are thoughts that just creep in, these unwanted <laughs> ideas. Keep you up at night. They take root. If you will. You know how Taylor Swift is releasing an album called Midnight's all about her her midnight thoughts, her midnight songwritings? That, that's this pod for us. <laughs> Spiritually, yes. But here's the thing. If we don't do anything about these, so- these thoughts, they'll just like subconsciously corrupt us. Yeah. So once a year, we have to purge mm-hmm. all of these thoughts. We have to purge these takes so that we can just get them out. Just get them out of our system. And it's a safe space. Uh, yeah. We are free from any consequences. These takes do not leave the confines of this podcast. So We cannot be prosecuted for these takes no. later. We are the first people to ever watch the Purge movies and think of it as a safe space. That's definitely I've the first. Actually never I haven't seen. even seen the Purge movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, neither have I. <laughs> I think I, I just understand the concept. I have seen a couple of the Purge ones, and you guys have it. And every one year of these have years. It. One of these years, I'm going to watch It's one of the it. easier concepts to grasp, so I don't think <laughs> yeah, I need to no see it. There's no loss for a long time, and that's it. That makes okay. sense. Yeah, I get that. So there we go. We're going to start. Oh, oh! Oh! Oh, shit. Is that the sign? It's time. It has begun. An hour of consequence-free takes begins now, Craig, DK, who wants to go first? Craig, you got it. Yeah. Josh Jacobs is going to be pretty good this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. 
Coming in hot. I love that. Uh, they got rid of Kenyon Drake. They waived him. They have, like, <laughs> we got a rookie in Zamir White. We have Amir Abdullah, who's like 30 and a journeyman. And mm. we have Brandon Bolden, who's even older. And, and we're, like, terrified of what Josh Jacobs is going to do on this offense. Josh Jacobs is 25. Really actually good at playing football cut over 50 <laughs> passes last year and everyone's like wow they're the patriot system you know like they like to use dual running backs you know what the patriot system also doesn't like to use rookies that's wow. samir white wow like is it that unreasonable that that josh jacobs has a thousand yards this year and eight touchdowns like he has every other fucking year no <laughs> i could actually it would be very easy to see him scoring like 12 touchdowns yeah, dude <laughs> Uh, by the way, Zamir White has notorious problems with his knees. Like, that's the reason he fell <laughs> a little bit in the draft. Like, he had multiple ACL tears in high school and college. It's not great. I'm not saying he's going to have an ACL tear again, but that is a big concern. The take purge, the take train is already moving. I love <laughs> I'm it. I'm not letting this happen. I'm No, I, I even the take purge cannot convince me on Josh. Heifetz is lower. Than, he's lower on uh, on this guy than anyone. We've been, in like, fantasy. Antonio Gibson, like, might not actually be good at running back, so I get what we're low on him. Josh Jacobs is good. Like, if Josh Jacobs was, like, on the Colts, yes. he'd be a first-rounder. You know what I mean? What? I, 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 all right, well, I look. Josh Jacobs, it, it's like the best case for him is like Damian Harris last year. I just look, it's like they have, they're going to play. Damian Harris guys. had 15 touchdowns last yeah, year. That was say. the best possible. Oh my God. That was that's like the a pretty good best like case. A border, but he's, that's still like a, he was like a the 19th running back. He was the 15th running touchdowns. back. He needed, 19, he needed 15 touchdowns. He needed to be second in touchdowns just to do that. That's his absolute ceiling. It's, it's, I think it's well within, I mean, he's literally done it every single year. And the only thing that's changed, Kenny Drake was on the team last year, mind you. The only thing that's changed is that a rookie Zemir White is here and Josh McDaniels is in, and we have no idea what Josh McDaniels is going to do. But you know what teams normally do when they have a good starting running back that's been good the last three years? They usually just play that guy again. I admit it would be really funny <laughs> if Josh I'm just, was great. I'm looking at his PFF rushing grades from the last few years. Like, 20, 2019, he was second only to Nick Chubb. 2020, uh, sorry, 2020, he was 14th. And 2021, he was 11th. He's he's like a good running back. He's a good player. Well, the Raiders have literally like, you know how like the Romans used to invade somewhere and they'd like burn the fields? That's what like Josh McDaniels has done to all the like the Raiders draft picks. They I just didn't know that the, the Romans fields. used to do that. Salt the fields. They didn't salt the fields, right. So you can't grow anything else down the line? Yeah. It's a take purge. I don't have to be correct. But it's like they salt the fields. That's what the Raiders, like Josh McDaniels has come in. And basically every first round, every draft pick that John Gruden and Mike Mayock had that was not already cut by John Gruden and Mike Mayock, Josh McDaniels has just sliced from the roster. Like they just cut Alex Leatherwood. Like all these guys are gone. Josh Jacobs, it, like how is he going to be played more under the guy that did not draft him in the first round? That's kind of what I keep going. He to. doesn't have to be played more. He just has to be played the same amount as he always has been played. He's <laughs> going see. up against two 30-year-old journeymen and a rookie. I feel like on a different team, we think this was a great spot for a running back. Well, I, it depends on the platform. We're so low on him that we went lower, and then we're like, ah, but it's like, dude, depending on your platform, he's like ranked like 40th. Again, this will not be reflected in my rankings because this take only lives within this podcast. So so <laughs> there we go. That's a good point. I even the take perch can't get me to do that. That was that was a very good start. I have a similar one though. Okay. 
Zeke Elliott's going to be a top five running back this year. <laughs> yeah. That's actually going to happen. Like he's, <laughs> this is just a fact. I, I'm fucked to take birds. I'll just say this like in regular life. Like Dallas scored the most points in the NFL last season. Their wide receiver core has been decimated. And at no point have we said, do you think Zeke's going to do better this year? Like it's just no one wants him to do good. And we're all like ostriches, like heads in the sand. Like, no, 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 no. It's like, like, you know, Occam's razor. It's like when you hear hoofs, think horses, not zebras. <laughs> people like hear everything about what? like running i've never heard that one you never heard that I like that no i haven't heard that but when I like you hear it. hoofs think horses not see like the obvious answer is usually the right one where tony pollard is the zebra like what is going on here like i like i understand i just i just feel like zeke elliott is so primed to have a solid year and we just don't want it to be true but i i, I just yeah. um, I well, don't did know you hear that, that what what uh Jerry said like a I think it was last week or earlier this week he was basically just reiterating that they go where Zeke goes. Zeke is the engine of their offense. Like this guy is so fucking committed to Ezekiel Elliott. Dude, the Jones family thinks that Emmett's like Zeke is the reincarnation of Emmett Smith. Like it, 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 and I understand. <laughs> I, I yeah. guess maybe that's why that's what I'm trying to say here. I understand why Zeke is not like he's a risky bet. We get that. We've been saying that like he's he, he has lost a step from his peak. He has had a ton of carries over the last, his career. He's an injury risk to be sure. The offensive line is worse. Tony Pollard is there and Tony Pollard's good. You usually don't want to bet on those kinds of running backs. However, Jerry Jones is obsessed with them, as you said, DK. And the thing no one is mentioning. Zeke Elliott is in the last year of his contract to Dallas. Zeke Elliott is probably going to get cut after this year because financially they just have to do it. Remember the time Le'Veon Bell didn't fucking show up to play for the Steelers because he was so worried they would give him 400 touches before they had to just let him send him on his way? Like, the idea that the Cowboys are going to fade out Zeke with not that many touches because he's in the last year. It's the opposite. If they're ever going to feed Zeke, who cares? It's like his last year and they'll just give him a ton of touches. I think the the point is correct. He's not in the last year of his contract though. I mean, he's, he's under contract well, through 2026. But like, he can get out, they can get out of his contract. Yes, that's year. what I meant. And like, they kind of have to just yes. because of the way they've backed. Like there's a reason they had to cut Amari Cooper and they're right, going to have right. to do that with Zeke. Yeah. Unless he's so good this year. Is it so sane? Are <laughs> uh, you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? <laughs> it's impossible. Is it? Or is it so possible that your head is spinning like a top? <laughs> it can't be. Can it? Or is your entire world just crashing down all around you? Alright, that's enough. Just telling you, man. And by the way, he was pretty good before he hurt his knee. Last oh, he's year. great. You know, 500 yards and five touchdowns. Well, it's so funny how quickly, you know, the mood changes, how quickly the wind changes in fantasy football. Last year, Heifetz, you and I were so in on Zeke. And then he had a banged up year. And now we were just, everyone's like, we're, he's disgusting. It's all over. It's like Leo DiCaprio, the second his girlfriend turns 25. We're like, Jake's 27. We're good. That's it, it, it. It's really, we are all like Leo DiCaprio, actually, now that you say it with the running backs. That's, we should do that next year. But uh, DK, you made a good point. Like, Zeke has this PCL injury and played through it. Ironically, Zeke's kind of like Amari Cooper. He gets mm. punished in our perception of him because he plays through injury. Right, because he's tough. <laughs> like, if Zeke had 500 yards and five touchdowns and then was just out for the season, would we be more in on him this year? It's a, it's a good point. I don't know. DK, what's your take? What's your take, Perch here? All right, I'm going. I'm staying on brand. I'm going for the most on brand thing I could possibly do, and I'm oh, hopefully geez. I'm going to step on your guys' takes here. 
George Pickens, wide receiver one. A oh. wide receiver one. Not the wide receiver one. Top 12 wide receiver. Fuck it. So I was actually thinking about this when we were talking with Simmons the other day. Um, and he said something along the lines of, like, with the elite wide receivers, you can just tell immediately. Like, mm-hmm. it's just very yeah. apparent. George Pickens is ridiculously good. Like, it's very apparent. Every time you watch him play, all the reports coming out of Pittsburgh. Um, and I think there is a world here where he just immediately leapfrogs to the number one receiver on this team. Like, Deontay Johnson finished as the wide receiver eight. Well, he won't have to year. leapfrog because there's zero chance Deontay Johnson is healthy for the entire season. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Deontay Johnson, by the way, he did finish wide receiver eight PPR with the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing passes. But perhaps because of the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I don't know. Yes, I think that definitely the style of their offense was was part of the reason he had so many catches. But like, I don't know. I just think this offense can can probably um, like power or, or like give a wide receiver more targets and, and yards than we think that they can this year. Um, make him more, you know, fantasy relevant than we think just because i think we're just expecting this offense to be bad but i think it could be better than we think and i think pickens is going to be the wide receiver one and so going back through the years last couple years rookie receivers have produced it's a thing now like it's not actually all that hot to say that like a wide receiver or a rookie will finish as a wide receiver one or two last year we keep saying that it's always so confusing you mean a top 24 not that confusing yes it's it's a little confusing. confusing Mm, I disagree. But anyway, <laughs> last year, three rookie wide receivers finished in the top 24 high fits as wide receiver ones or twos. Jamar Chase was the wide receiver five overall. Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver 14. And he didn't do like, he, he, he was like getting just check down, check down, check down, check down, check down. Um, and he still finished as wide receiver 14. Amara St. Brown was the wide receiver 24. And as Heifetz has said many times, like over the second half of the year, or like the last seven games or something, Amon Ross St. Brown was like the wide receiver two. Dose. I think this is, I think George Pickens, I think we should embrace the George Pickens hype and just fucking go with it. I'm not like captain high school recruiting, but even I remember when George Pickens was like getting recruited as a high schooler. That's the thing. He's always yeah. been this good. And like, I kind of, I, I asked you on and Solik in the NFL draft show why Pickens wasn't being rated as high as the other guys because he, in high school, in college, like he was always vaunted to be like this first round guy. And then the ACL tear, like all the hype guy. And obviously like there's just questions about it. It's like off field stuff, I guess. And mm-hmm. maturity. And I, I mean, it turns out Platos Antonio Brown wasn't the most mature person either. Apparently, like, I don't know. <laughs> We've talked about this with uh, other players. Like, maybe, I, I don't know what it is, but it's it's almost underrated how good of a prospect he was coming into the draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. He was a five-star guy. You know, he's got the size, he's got the length, he's got the jumping ability, ball skills, everything you want from a receiver position, route running. Um, but I think there's two things that kind of held him back. Number one, he was in like a low volume passing offense at Georgia. He like his numbers, his raw numbers weren't like eye popping or whatever. Like his his percentage of the total the team's total passing yards was very strong or whatever. And, but it's just like he didn't have like the Jamar Chase style season where he's like scoring 20 touchdowns and doing all that stuff. Um, and number two, the ACL injury definitely derailed his college career. So I think there were those two two things weighing on on him as he came into the NFL. Plus. There was all these like morph- amorphous like I don't we don't know what they were exactly, but teams are apparently wor- worried about the off field stuff. I remember when I drafted uh, George Pickens in a dynasty rookie draft. Someone sent me the picture of him like on draft day getting drafted, where it's like he's wearing like the the like the sleeve over his head and he's like looking all crazy. And I'm like, you guys are making is that supposed to like make me feel worse or make me feel better? Because that picture makes me feel better. Like this guy's a little bit crazy. I want that on my team. 
You know, you said DK that he just looks like, you know, how he's talked on the bill, uh, the BS pod. Like he just looks like he's one of the best receivers in the league <laughs> in the preseason. I don't know if you guys saw that block that he put on somebody, There's some corner. He just threw him down. Oh yeah. He pancaked a guy. Yeah. You don't see he looks like he feels disrespected to even <laughs> have to be out there in preseason. Like he like catches the ball and he like throws. He's like, fuck this. Like, why am I in the why am I out here right now? <laughs> no, honestly, it looks like that high school kid. Like, Are you when not you're playing high school? When you're playing high school football and then like that really good team comes to town and that one guy on the team, you're like, that's just he shouldn't be like, can we check how old this kid is? <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's kind of what did the Supreme Court say about porn? It's like, you know, it's you just know it when find. you see it. Yeah, yeah. you know, when you see right. it. like, that's why receivers. Uh, there was two of those blocks. So he was actually famous for uh, basically at the like if he is getting pressed at the line of scrimmage at the snap, he just two hand shoves a corner down, like knocks him down. He did that. Uh, there was one famous one in college and then he did it twice in the preseason. There was two different plays. I mean, this guy is just he 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 is like the definition of like the meme. He's got that dog in him like he just. I just love the way he plays. Like, he's just so, like, gritty. All right. Top 12 wide receiver, George Pickens. I like that to get Craig. Next take, Perch. Uh, this is the perfect take to piggyback DK's take. Every single rookie this year is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> All the rookie hype. We've been brainwashed by the past two years of Justin Jefferson to Jamar Chase, Amonra St. Brown working out. Everybody worked out. None of these guys are going to do it, especially the deep ones. Isaiah Pacheco's not going to see the field. Romeo Dubs <laughs> is going to be a nobody. Tyquan Thornton's going to suck. Garrett Wilson, none of them. They're all in such worse positions than, than the other guys in the last two seasons, and I don't think Traylon Burks that. trying to just replace AJ Brown in Tennessee. Sure, and like Garrett Wilson is like buried on the in the Jets' murky wide receiver depth chart. We have Chris Olave with Jameis Winston, and Michael Thomas is now back in front of him. Brees Hall again on the Jets, not starting. Uh, George Pickens, you know, he's going to have Mitch Trubisky thrown to him. And he could be third in the depth chart. <laughs> Drake London's hurt. James Cook might not start. Yeah, Drake London's hurt. Uh, <laughs> is Sky Moore going to play? There's three receivers ahead of him right now. Ken Walker. Also, your hurt. beloved Damian Pierce plays for like the worst offense in the entire league. Exactly. I, I think we all have rookie fever, and there's a strong chance that all these guys really, really disappoint. If I saw you on the street right now, I'd punch you right in the face. <laughs> But actually, this is a great take. I mean, it, there's definitely this is definitely possible. Like we have been so overhyped the last couple of years, and and it's partly because this the last couple of uh, uh, last couple of years, the last couple of draft classes have been so ridiculously good at the wide receiver position. So maybe this isn't just every single year. This is what's going to happen. Drake London's the only guy with like a role where I feel good about it. La you know, it's like Justin Jefferson was going in with Kirk Cousins in a clear number two spot. Like Jamar Chase was connecting with Burrow. It's like, man, Garrett Wilson is like the third guy on the Jets with Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson. Like, you know, Chris Olave is the number two guy behind Michael Thomas. He's got, you know, Jameis Winston thrown to him. I thought you were Sky a Saints guy. I thought you loved the Saints. I am. I like the offense in general. And this is a take purge. I love Chris Olave. But like, <laughs> I just don't think these guys are in nearly as strong and favorable as pos of positions as, the, as like the rookies of the past two years. And we mm. all really want them to be. I think this is an excellent take from Craig. I, I have Damn a Saints it. take, but DK, if you have any more thoughts on the rookies since, uh, you know, you're you're the rookie guy. Uh, here. I mean, I think begrudgingly, this is a great take. Um, and I think <laughs> it's something that could definitely happen. So I'm just going to let it. I'm going to let Craig get away with this one this time since it's the take purge. And, and I won't punch you in the face if I see you in person. This podcast should self-destruct in like two weeks. Yeah, we should I, should, I should just, yeah, get rid of it.
With, yeah, when the top, yeah, when Trill and Burks and George Pickens are both just like top 10 receivers in the first <laughs> yeah. three weeks. Okay, I have a Saints take, though, since you mentioned Chris Olave. Do it. The Saints will just be better without Sean Payton. Oh, they're just wow. going to be a better team. They'll just be better. Wow. Because they're not trying to force, uh, what's his face, Taysom Hill into like a I role. feel like we all ignored <laughs> that the Sean Payton was just like, I want a tight end to play quarterback. And like, <laughs> maybe they'll be better when they don't fucking do that. You know what? They have Andy Dalton as a backup. Maybe that's a superior plan. I'm just saying. Like, uh, uh, it's very obvious how Belichick, the GM, has just like completely hamstrung Belichick, the coach. Like, Sean Payton, like the Saints almost made the playoffs last year. Jameis Winston started uh, five and two, got tore his ACL, and then J Taysom Hill took over, a tight end, playing quarterback. They immediately lost five games. And yet the Saints <laughs> roster is still go so good, they almost made the playoffs. Here's the thing. I think that Sean Payton retiring, I, obviously, I, I, I'm a big coaching guy. I'm like, I'll never be the guy who's like, Tom Brady's more important than Bill Belichick in the diet. You know what I mean? Like, I coaching matters. However, I think the loss of Sean Payton has kind of overshadowed just like the insanity of what the Saints offense was last year. <laughs> Taysom Hill, throw, a tight end, throwing to an undrafted wide receiver was his number one receiver. And a the second most targeted wide receiver was Deontay Hardy, who was five foot six. He's five foot six. Deontay Harris? Like, yeah, no, well, no, he, he changed, changed his, last his name, name over there. Oh, his oh, name's right, Deontay right, right. Harris, but yeah, he changed his last name. Like, they now have at receiver Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, plus all the guys from last year. All those guys who were like wide receiver four or wide receiver five on a roster caliber are just playing those normal ass positions. Also, Jameis is back. Like, they have not lost to the Tom, they have not beat, lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks in the regular season in like five years. Like, I, I think the Saints win the division and then Sean Payton could just stay on television. Do you, have you guys ever seen uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show? Yeah. No. yeah. There's a yes. character, Colin Robinson, who is a energy vampire. And even the other vampires, like the regular vampires or whatever, every time Colin Robinson walks into a room, they all groan. They're like, oh, God. Because like, he just, I just want to, I just picture everyone in the Saints, like locker room or whatever meeting rooms. Every time uh, Sean Payton brought up, like, the fact that Taysom Hill was going to do this, that, or the other, they're all just like, oh, God. <laughs> just groaning. Just groans. Sean Payton's like the coach of a Little League team, and he only puts <laughs> his son in to pitch in the playoffs, and all the parents are like, dude, this guy sucks, man. We, we can't keep doing this. Also, he just oh, doesn't man. even have a pitching arm. He just, like, barely can play center field. Yeah, he's uh, like the smallest kid in the team, and his dad plays at, bats him at cleanup every game. It's I, I I'm telling you, man. The, the the Saints will improve. I can't wait to get to the Fanduel read because we're just gonna slam that New Orleans future bet. Oh yes, we are. Oh, <laughs> why yes, did how are. did we become the Saints the, the the Happy Saints like podcast? We love the Saints with Tom Brady in the regular season. The Saints are four and zero against mm. the Bucks, including when Taysom Hill is fucking playing quarterback. They beat them nine zero, <laughs> and the combined score. The combined score of the four regular season games, Saints-Bucks, is 117 for the Saints to 53 for Tampa Bay. Just want to throw that out there. DK, do you have a take, Birch? Yeah, so I've done a version of this take during every take, Birch, so I have to bring it back. <laughs> Jerry Judy is the third best receiver on his team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Not in the NFL. Last year, you said oh. Damian Harris was the third best running back. On the I stand by it. I stand by it. Actually, I don't. He he was definitely better than several other players. Um, okay, make your case. All right. So 
This is cheating a little bit because Tim Patrick is on the IR, so it doesn't matter say. quite as much as I was going to say. But <laughs> with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, I'll, I'll throw KJ Hamler in there. A healthy KJ Hamler. Well, you Hamler. have to because he has to be third. Right. Well, I was, I was actually going with Sutton and Patrick are better than Judy, but also KJ Hamler. But Tim Patrick's out for the Judy. season. I know. I just said that. I was, that's why I'm throwing KJ Hamler in now, too, to, to be fully transparent with the way that I did this. Also, we could throw in Albert O. Maybe he's better than Judy. Who knows? The bottom line is, and the point, the reason I'm doing this, I don't actually truly, truly believe it, but like Judy wasn't very good last year at all. He finished 2021 with 38 catches, 467 yards, and a goose egg. Well, he had a brutal high ankle sprain really early on in the season. He did. He did. But he played through it. This is the same, like the Zeke discussion. Like he was just playing bad. Uh, and by the way, he wasn't like all that great as a rookie either. I This is one of those things where like we haven't seen it yet. Like we haven't seen him be the first round receiver that we want him to be. And we've got him ranked as the wide receiver 22. Do you, do you guys want me to give you a list of players that average more fantasy points per game than him last year? Per game, not total, per game. Pick a couple that are fun. The the recently mentioned Deontay Hardy, who is five foot six. Oh, Jamison Crowder, who's also like five seven. <laughs> uh, Quintez Cephas. Have you even heard of him? Lions. Yeah, he's the Lions. KJ yeah. Osborne. Sure. Van yeah. Jefferson. Kendrick Bourne. Corey Davis. I'll admit it's concerning. Judy's being drafted like 100 spots ahead of all these people this year. Um, I'll walk the middle ground here. I think that the Judy, Judy stats are obviously not there. It's kind of like Clyde Edwards-Alaire very easily. Like, but what about? And like, obviously last year, Judy just got hurt early. And that's probably a good reason to not be great. And then his rookie season, he wasn't he, like Drew Locke literally lead the league at just straight up bad throws, like just off target throws. And <laughs> yes. then Jerry Judy was yes. the number one receiver, like with all. The, so like, it makes sense that Jerry Judy just wasn't connected with Drew Locke. The, here's the thing where I'm with you. I think that the areas that Jerry Judy would excel with another quarterback mm. is just not where he will probably excel with Russell Wilson. And that's my concern for Jerry Judy kind of being overdrafted this year, whereas I like Cortland Sutton a lot. Yeah, I mean, I th- look, I think I'm just picturing a world where KJ Hamler is the new Tyler Lockett and Cortland Sutton is the new DK Metcalf. Stylistically, I'm not saying like literally, stylistically for this offense. Like, where does that leave Jerry Judy? What is he going to be doing? Um, or I could see a guy like Hamler really just cannibalizing Judy's targets and making him much less like, you know, high end in fantasy. Like he's just not going to have enough points and not enough targets to, to actually be usable, usable in fantasy. So we've, I think like Judy is being pushed up our rankings and you know, the ADP list because he is a first former first round pick, but like, we just haven't really seen it happen yet. It's going to be quite the, if it, if the career doesn't work out for Jerry Judy, it's going to be one of the weirder drop offs in a while. He was such a highly touted prospect i mean everybody couldn't stop talking about his route running abilities and how i mean remember it was like him or cd lamb him or henry ruggs like that was the conversation when the draft was going on what two three years ago it's it's like he's like an actor who was in like two good movies and then just disappeared is you're saying jerry (laughs) judy's brendan frazier essentially (laughs) so uh, in 2020 jerry judy was ranked 83rd among receivers in pff's receiving grade in 2021 I'm guessing it wasn't great because he was injured, as you said, for most of the year. Let me but see. again, really tough. I mean, he's had quite a brutal stretch to begin his career. He's had horrific quarterbacks, a nightmare of an offense, really tough injury luck. And now this is the year that he can prove it. And now DK is trying to put him behind Alberto. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. He was 53rd last year in PFF's uh, receiving grade. Um, 
I'm just base. The bottom line is, I'm worried about is where he's going in drafts. I'm worried about where we have him ranked. <laughs> that, that's my point. This is just getting ahead of a shitty ranking that we have. Yeah, yeah. He's. Gonna, I think he's gonna. There's a strong chance he's gonna finish outside the top 32. We have Sutton above him. A lot of places don't. Kick off week one with FanDuel America's number one sports book. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with our promo code Ringer Fantasy to get in on the action. And then you can turn game day into payday all season long. And let me tell you what I would make with my take purge. Saints, 17 to 1 to win the conference, 40 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, the NFC, everyone's getting better. Or sorry, everyone's getting worse. Like Bucks, their lines hurt. Packers got rid of Devontae Adams. Like Rams, what's up with Matthew Stafford's arm? Everyone's getting worse. Cowboys cut their best players. Just saying. <laughs> cut their best players. I'm just saying. Saints, 41 to win the Super Bowl. Play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. FanDuel is also now live in Kansas. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with the promo code Ringer Fantasy. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus is issued as a non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789 Tennessee. 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Boo. You guys didn't hear it, but he screwed up a bunch. <laughs> well, look. We're not giving him the cheers. formatted no. differently and it was in plain text. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't, you know. Excuses. That's all I'm hearing. Hey, by the way, off topic. Did you guys see that Poe, the, the Ravens mascot, tore his ACL? Yep. It's out for the year. And Ben Solak, our, our beloved Ben, our beloved sweet, sweet summer boy. baby boy Ben. <laughs> said if he gets a thousand retweets, he'll try out for Poe the, the mascot, mascot this year. He got way more than a thousand. Because he's a very... He's a popular person and also a lot of big name like uh, accounts retweeted him to try to get the, like, the momentum going. Anyways, I hope he does it. I don't know what's going to happen. We're going to make it. him do it. We're going <laughs> to make, make him And do we're going to make content out of it. That's what we're going to do. Saying, yeah, I was yeah. telling him that the, him saying if I get a thousand retweets, I'll do this is like literally the same as Dr. Evil saying like holding one million dollars <laughs> holding they get the nukes and hold the world hostage for one million dollars really i mean yeah we could totally do that yeah we yeah, got a deal sure okay yeah <laughs> you got venmo <laughs> anyway all right craig another take purge what if trey lance is bad <laughs> Trey Lance yeah. might suck, and you know well, what? If he's bad, it's gonna we're gonna have to like. Fold I, this I had this as a take purge too, <laughs> which is that Trey Lance would be the best fantasy quarterback, but also they will just bench him for oh, real yeah. life play. Oh, that's good. The <laughs> the best fantasy quarterback to get benched. Tim Tebow was like that for a while. Tim oh, yeah. Tebow was like yeah. weirdly good at fantasy. 
I would like love a, nothing more than if Trey Lance is just running for like 70 yards a game, bopping in a rushing touchdown every they're other game. They're losing by 20 then, every game. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> he's awful. Uh, yeah, the fate of this podcast kind of lies in Trey Lance's <laughs> mediocre arm. <laughs> Unt his untested mediocre arm. <laughs> yeah, great. He's thrown 100 passes in 700 days arm. We chose the wrong champion, you guys. Uh, this take was already percolating in my mind, and then the Jimmy G thing happened, and I was like, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst could, fucking attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> this could go south, man. I was looking at the schedule. They have two easy games. The, the back half of the year for Lance and the Niners is pretty brutal. It's like Bucks, Rams, Packers. It's like, man, I hope he's oh, good. No. Oh, no. Hope he's good. That's all I got. I have no, I have no stats. <laughs> I, no, my, honestly, my perch is the same thing, which I like the flip side of like, I actually think it'd be really funny if it happens twice. Like if Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts are just the best two fantasy quarterbacks. But in real life, we're like, man, these guys are fucking awful. Maybe my take should be that Trey Lance and Jalen Hurts are going to officially cause the fantasy football landscape to finally switch to um, six points per right. passing touchdown and just yards are 10 points no matter how you yeah. get them. <laughs> or sorry, yards are one point. They're 10 we yards can't let, point. We cannot let Heifetz win this argument. <laughs> we can't let him win. Please, God, Trey I Lance, I guess if, if Tebow couldn't do it, then I don't know who can, but yeah. All right, I got one. Oh, we could do core. Oh, I got, I'm between two right here. Um, I feel like Bill Belichick will never make the playoffs ever again. Ooh. <laughs> Good Lord. I just, it's just not. Like, it's, it's not. And you know what? Honestly, you know what the craziest part of this is? It's not that, it's not that hot of a take. The Patriots are terrible and he's 70 <laughs> years old. I, I, I thought it was so hot. And I'm like, as I is started looking into it. He's 70. I didn't even think I had to convince myself. The more I looked at it, I was like, this is super reasonable. Like, Heifetz has been is. waiting so long to get this take. Look, here's the thing. I mean, you guys, you want to talk, you want to talk this, like this season, the reality is Josh McDaniels took all the good coaches that are left and Belichick got left with his sons and Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. And Matt <laughs> Patricia is an under discussed part of this is Matt Patricia is not only the offensive coordinator. He's like also the offensive line coach. Cannot stress enough. Those are usually two different jobs. Like Josh McDaniels is not out here just also coaching the O-line. Also, not only is that two jobs, they're traditionally done by people who've done those things before. Matt Patricia has two jobs that he has never done. The Patriots are like the coaching version of the Night's Watch. They get, there's like no, there's no quality people up here anymore. What's going on? They're just sending these, these fucking guys. I don't even know. I wanted to read this quote. So one, Rob Dinkovich said the other day, who used to be a Patriots linebacker, their biggest problem on offense will be not having an identity. Uh, Greg Bedard for the Boston Sports Journal reported the Patriots players are concerned. And he wrote that. <laughs> I thought, I don't know why this, this is so funny. The Patriots has had, have had as bad as bad of five weeks as you can have when it comes to training camp in the preseason. And I don't think I've covered one from Miami and Green Bay to New England in 30 years that has gone this poorly. Jesus. Well, he has such a great track record. I feel like nobody's like very rightly so. Nobody's allowed to criticize him yet, right? Like we ha we yeah. have to wait. It, it needs it needs to be bad for for two years in a row. So he's mm. he's going to coach until he beats Don Shula, right? That's his goal for most wins as a coach. That's pro I think it, I, I honestly think it's threefold. It's the, I mean, just he's this is he's still good at it in his mind, and he, you know he doesn't need Brady to be good. Two, I, I, you're right. He wants the all-time winning record, Don Shula. I think it's underrated, though, how much he's coaching left for his sons. Like, I think his sons are still on that staff, Steve, and I think the other one, Brian Belichick, and, like, they're just on the defensive staff. I think that's an underrated part of it. I, I have to say, though, like, it sounds nuts and take purgy, but here's the reality. Tom Landry 
who's longevity-wise one of the only ones on part of Belichick. He made the playoffs once in his final five seasons. Don Shula, who has the all-time wins record like he did, but like famously just couldn't bring Dan Marino over the hump and like make a playoff run. Bill Parcells, who was Bill Belichick's mentor. Bill Parcells made the playoffs twice in his final five seasons. Chuck Knoll for the Steelers made the playoffs one time in his final seven years. And like, it happens. And Bill Belichick <laughs> is now in a conference. Like, let's be real. Every year for the rest of Belichick's career, the Bills are going to be favorites to win the AFC East, right? Like every year. So now the Patriots, <laughs> I think that's fair. I like the Patriots are going to have to snack a wild card in a conference where they're competing with Lamar and the Ravens, Burrow and the Bengals, and, you know, eventually Deshaun and the Browns, not to mention Russ and the Broncos, Mahomes and the Chiefs, Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Only one of those teams, like two of those teams every year are fighting for wild card spots. I really think this is freaking like possible. This reminds me of the, the guy who asked uh, Bill Belichick if he was prepared to bench Tom Brady after that blowout loss to the to the Chiefs, I believe. Yeah, it feels like. Oh, yeah. We're a little early on this. <laughs> he's 70. He's am I early? He's when Phil he's Jackson. A, he's a young 70. When Phil Jackson it. was 70, he was the part-time GM for the New York Knicks. How old is Pete Carroll? He's 70. He's, 71. He's a few months older. No, he's I think he's still 70. He's a few months older. Let me check. Pete Carroll is 70. In a, in 2 weeks he turns 71, but I was trying to look this up as we were speaking. I think Pete Carroll is the is the oldest NFL coach ever. Which makes Wow. Bill Belichick, the second oldest active NFL coach ever. Um, wow. Okay. And he's 28 wins away from tying Don Shula. 28 wins. Like, how many seasons is that? that that's at least three seasons. It is, yeah. It, it's definitely three, and it's a question of three or four. And so we're talking about him pushing 75? That's the thing, man. And I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't, even, even Bill Simmons isn't out here trying to say the Patriots are going to make the playoffs this year. And I just, I just don't think it's the thing. Here's the reality. Belichick is a hiring problem. Like, they just don't hire people anymore. It, it, it's, that's, that's the reality. <laughs> it's, it, it truly is like the stepbrothers or uh, stepbrothers thing where he's like, he's only going to hire people he wants to hang out with. These are the only people he wants to hang out with. <laughs> he's Seth Rogen in that thing. He's, he's like, like, I'm not trying to make new friends. I'm 70 years old. I don't want to have, <laughs> I don't want to like have this person come in that I don't know and like try and get to know them. I'm just only going to hire people I know. And he's like with. interviewing his two kids. He's like, you look like me. You have the same hair as me. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> the tuxedos, Unless you two ironic. Dudes, unless yeah. you two dudes are like the weirdest guys ever, this is going to work out great. And I'm not seeing that. I don't see that happening. I don't yeah. see that at all. And then at the end of the season, it's like in <laughs> retrospect, the, the, the tuxedos are fucked up. <laughs> like, uh, I was talking to Sheila about this on the NFL show today, actually, though. Like, I, the whole Patricia Judge sideshow, like, circus, I think is is getting overplayed because at the end of the day, Belichick's just going to take over once the season starts. But he, no, he can't. No, he can't. This is the part of it that I'm, that I'm so resolute Why, because he's too old? Because he has to do the defense because they don't have a real... They, they have Gerard Mayo, the linebacker's coach. They have, like, his two sons as a linebacker, safety's coach. Like, they don't have a ton of defensive assistance. To, he can't just hand off the defense. In reality, it's Gerard yeah, Mayo. Yeah, but he has like, Matt Patricia. Why can't he just have Matt Patricia <laughs> fucking call the defensive plays? None of this makes sense. Any fucking sense, man. No. <laughs> if Belichick, exactly. If Belichick was going to do the offense, fucking Belichick would be doing the offense. I don't know. It's uh, all it's, nuts yeah. to me. Like, and they don't have the, it, none of it makes sense. Also, it's worth saying the Ra Patriots offense was smothered by the Raiders' second team defense. Like, it's just, it's, that doesn't happen. All right. 
DK, I, I yep. really believe that. Bill Simmons, don't that fire was me. An incredible, that was the hottest take we've had, I think, on this whole show. What was the, what was your official take, though? It's Bill Belichick will never make the playoffs again. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm serious. Fucking love it. All right. DK. This one's not nearly as fun, but like, look, we've we've loved this guy forever. He never really lives up to our expectations. This is the year DJ Moore finishes as a top five wide receiver. He's doing it. It's his year. Uh, Moore has averaged 82 catches, 1,175 yards per season over the last three years. Nearly exactly. He just repeats like that very, every year. very consistent. However, he's only scored four touchdowns in each season, like four, four, four. Um, if he basically does what he did last year, which was 93 catches, 1,200-ish yards, four touchdowns, but he scores 10 touchdowns total, so an additional six touchdowns, he would score around 270 fantasy points, which would, would have been good last year for wide receiver six in PPR. Um, I think the combination of Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Cam Newton last year is like way worse than we are remembering and yeah. it, are happy to admit because we probably honestly just didn't watch Panthers all that much. Like <laughs> for just being totally honest, like not a lot of reasons to watch the all 22 once it comes out on Tuesday or whatever. <laughs> the Panthers brought in Cam Newton to play quarterback for them and get snaps like two days after they signed him yeah. and then just had PJ Walker just because he played for Matt Rolla Temple. It, hi, Fitz. I know that I've like beaten a dead horse about the Giants not scoring touchdowns. The Panthers scored fewer passing touchdowns than the fucking Giants last year. They had 14 passing touchdowns. Wow. Very few <laughs> touchdowns. I I'm not going to say that Baker Mayfield is awesome, but Baker Mayfield's fine. And he's going to make this offense way better than it was last year. And I think he could make it way. I think he could make specifically DJ Moore much better than he was last year, particularly in the touchdown department. So, I'm just I I think DJ Moore year. It's it's DJ Moore's year finally. I like this. DJ Moore is like the most post hype sleeper. It's like the post post post, post, post hype post, sleeper. Post. Yeah, because he's like, only 25 years old. It's crazy. I, like I feel like Vilas Jones just, age. Yeah, that's actually you're right. The Bears drafted a fucking rookie that's a year younger than DJ <laughs> Moore. Jones has been catching so many strays on this pod for the past Sorry, month for his was, age. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm complicit. Fault. I should have just done a take perch. He's the only rookie who'll be good as Vilas Jones. That shit. That would have been a good one. <laughs> no. Oh well. Uh, I, I I think this is solid. I mean, I honestly, I, I think it requires passing touchdowns. I think that the I, I, I would tweak your take purge to be like Baker, like angry Baker will be good for the Panthers. He's gonna fuck them up. Like like a like a sidecar part of this motorcycle of like Baker has always failed when he's been like hyped like going number one pick i think was like the worst thing to happen for baker's career other than just going to cleveland i do right. wonder what happens if josh allen goes to cleveland and baker goes to buffalo mm. i'm kind of like, I, That's I, it. like oh, I, I sense a take purge coming i'm just saying like josh out like are, were the were the Hugh jackson browns gonna figure out josh allen i don't think so oh, like God. i'm just saying yeah. like baker i do wonder about baker maybe this is just a total cliche but sometimes it's true he's just better when he's pissed off Mm -hmm. And he takes the and like he's just been so thoroughly disrespected. He's not in the progressive commercials anymore. I kind of like love the idea of Baker. And I'm not saying now we, I was talking to Stephen Reese who's a Panthers fan, and he made a funny point of like it sounds like more fun than it is, but then you watch the quarters <laughs> of it. However, I think that's like an important side part of this DJ Moore conversation. I'm all in. DJ Moore. DJ Moore is one of those guys. He every time you watch him catch the football, I'm like, this is one of the best players in the NFL. But he just doesn't get in the goddamn end zone. I just don't think of him though. And the nice thing about him in fantasy is is all the people who have drafted him in the past, they won't want him again. 
It's like no, the yeah. Mad Men quote. They're like, I literally never think about DJ. Excellent Moore. point, Craig. He's like the pe- person that people have had, but no one wants back, but no one cares that much. They're like, yeah. Craig, <laughs> another take purge? I think there's a chance that come next year, we are going to look at Najee Harris like David Montgomery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love Najee Harris. I think he's a good running back. But this man averaged less than four yards a carry last year. The O-line seems to be just as bad. He now has this Liss Frank foot injury thing. Mm-hmm. Like, will he be able to replicate last year's line? He essentially needs to, to to be relevant in fantasy football. He needs to basically have the most combined carries and targets in the league, which he did last year as a rookie. He had 94 targets, which I think is mainly because of Ben's noodle arm. <laughs> like, is there a world where Najee Harris is a little worse this year? They don't throw to him as much. He runs for like 980 yards and six touchdowns. He only ran for seven touchdowns last year. He sees like 20 less targets. And, he, and you know, we, we move into next season and he's like a third. Like, is he a dead zone running back next year is my question. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is good. The only So, like, the only reason I would pick a hole in this is uh, like, because honestly, like, stylistically, they're kind of similar. Like, D, uh, David Montgomery constantly gets... Uh, like made fun of or whatever because he's not very fast. He's not like a home run hitter and neither is Najee. Like Najee's not going to create 80-yard plays. Four right? like of Najee Harris's 317 carries last year went for more than 20 yards. <laughs> yeah, Four. Like he's, arguably, he's like slower and like <laughs> less dynamic than David Montgomery. Here's the, the part that freaks me out is that those are probably the two worst offensive lines in the league in yeah. Chicago and Pittsburgh. And those are probably the, like the quarterback situations. I mean, I mean, literally Trubisky obviously used to be in fucking Chicago. Like it's a little too many similarities for me. This is the thing I keep coming back to is the Steelers led the NFL, the league in shotgun rate inside the five and inside the 10. Like that's insane to me. And I, I just, I do wonder if Najee, if he doesn't have a lead leading touch total this year, it might have just more touchdowns just because they have to be going from league leading to probably below average. Like they're going to be passing above average with Trubisky or Pickett in the offense. Right. However, I see what you're saying, Craig, where I, I, Najee without the, like the foot sprain, possibly taking Najee out of contention to lead the league in touches is really concerning about where that might end up. And I mix in the 94 targets of his rookie season. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. Might not happen again. Like look at Saquon. He never, got close to his rookie year in terms of receptions. What I was going to say with pick, poking a hole in it, though, I never finished my thought, is that he was a first-round pick. And David Montgomery was like a third-round pick. Most A lot of people were very split on whether he was any good at all. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I think it's hard for people to change their perception of a player based based on where that player was picked. Does that make sense? Like, he was a high, he was like a five-star guy, like incredible at Alabama, First round pick, like he's people, likable. He's likable too. You're also describing Josh Jacobs, by the way. People like his personality. That's funny. <laughs> Jacob, I don't think Jacobs was a high recruit though. Like that, I could be wrong. Let me look it up. But um, but yeah, I, I get your point. But yeah, like this is a take purge. There are little tiny drops of fear in my brain about this. I, <laughs> I, I believe I, Najee's good and he's going to have a good year. But part of me is like, is this? Are we going to look at him as kind of gross heading into next year's draft season? All right, I did just freak myself out because I looked up Najee Harris's rookie stats, and he got tw- uh, what twelve hundred rushing yards on the dot. Josh Jacobs as a rookie at eleven fifty. <laughs> God like damn it! I'm probably less carries. Oh no, probably way less carries actually. 
Oh, you scared me a little bit. I'm not. Yeah, but he's he's on the he's on the Steelers. They don't have they don't rotate running backs. True. That's I get that this I get that this is a a take perch. It's a good take. It is a good take, and it made me think. So thank you. And it made me think, and that's the most important. Really jogged the old brain there. Um, DK, you got another take perch? I do. Um, Travis Etienne, top five running back. Oh, here we go. I just keep coming back. I think it's like honestly very perfect. The the DeAndre Swift comparison with uh, Travis Etienne. Last year, through 10 weeks, I didn't even realize this, but DeAndre Swift was the PPR wide receiver five. Sorry, running back five um, through the first 10 weeks. He got hurt, missed like four or five games, and then he came back in the end. But I just look at that 10-week stretch. He was going off. It wasn't even because he was running for a lot of yards. It was because he caught 56 passes in that stretch. And I think the... T- the two teams, so Detroit of last year and Jacksonville of this year, in similar scenarios in terms of like they're going to be trailing a lot, a lot of trailing game scripts, a lot of passing. I think that um, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to utilize him as like a dump off option, like quick get rid of the ball quickly and get it out into space. He's more explosive than, than DeAndre Swift. I think there's some question marks about Travis Etienne's vision as a runner, and I think you could say the same thing about DeAndre Swift because. DeAndre Swift like quietly was terrible in terms of like his uh, PFF grade last year as a rusher is like one of the worst and he didn't break any tackles like all this stuff. So like it all keeps coming back to like Travis Etienne could be not a very good runner and he could still be a top five running back in fantasy in PPR in particular. It's worth mentioning that, that Trevor Lawrence last year led the NFL in checkdown rate. And that might yeah. be because all of his receivers were running to the same part of the field because Urban Meyer was <laughs> falling the down coach. on their reps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's still worth noting. Yeah. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. I have I have a, a series of just little lightning round ones I might throw at you guys, and you guys Do can it. just stop me when you want me to want me to stop. Okay. Well, I mentioned on Bill's spot. I think Justin Jefferson's the first two thousand yard receiver. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. I'm gonna. I think Michael Pittman just finishes ahead of CD Lamb. Straight Bang. up. Bang. He's too skinny. Uh, Al Lazard <laughs> is just gonna be a top ten receiver, and we'll look back like, wow, maybe we just should have listened to Aaron Rodgers saying he's the number one guy. Crazy I don't really Bills. believe that. But I just keep in the back of my mind just thinking, man, if Aaron Rodgers does, in fact, just like, what if we just like, yeah, wow, they just replaced him at Devontae Dude, Adams. Dude, the, the head coach on. of the Packers is already warning us not to like take any of his. Of his I know, I know. It's fantasy. not going to happen. I just keep thinking of it. <laughs> That's a great one, though. I'm such a bitch. I love Alan Lazard. I should have come up with that take. <laughs> Melvin Gordon will just be straight up better than Javante Williams this year in fantasy. Ooh. Uh, I keep thinking wow. about this. I'm like, I just straight up, like, one. they have the exact same amount of carries. And like, I understand, like, obviously, <laughs> you want to bet on the more talented, younger, player however i just keep thinking like man i just 
get Melvin Gordon like outside the top 100. It just this reminds me, Craig. Should I just do the Damian Harris is the third best running back on his team again? <laughs> <laughs> just run it back, run it back. Javante, worse than Melvin and Mike Boone. <laughs> Mike Boone, DK Mike liked Bo- Mike Boone like Did two you years see, ago. Mike Boone like Mike was Boone. fucking blowing it up in the preseason. Oh God, good. settle down. He's the preseason superstar. <laughs> the guy dunking in warmups but doesn't play in the game. <laughs> I think Juju's top five in catches this year and just actually has more catches than Travis Kelsey. Ooh. But the one that I just really keep thinking about, the league one, the guy like who just wins leagues this year, that's just fucking Julio Jones on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, boy. Oh, my. I'm just oh like, when he signed with the, with the Bucs, I was like, he's not healthy. Like, this is not relevant. Like, he has not been healthy in years. He's not. And I'm like, you know what? What if the guy who keeps saying he's 100% is 100% and I'm like, am I a moron? Have I forgotten that Julio Jones just plays with Tom Brady now? Dude, he's an alien. Yeah. Like like Randy Moss came in 2007. It's not quite the same. Like Julio's had more physical injuries probably than Randy did at that time. Julio's a couple years older. But holy shit, man. I feel like I have not properly processed the like the like what if Julio is healthy though? And I kept dismissing, but he's not. But like, what if he is and he plays with Tom Brady? And the, even if he's only 85% of his peak, the quarterback upgrade of Brady, it's like, what if Julio just delivers his like third best season and figures out all his red zone troubles with Tom Brady? Why is he wearing number 85? Chad Ochocinco. It's hard for me to. Is that something fantasy me to points see. is going to like have a terrible game. vibes? When you guys think of T.O., do you ever do you like when you think of what team he was on? Who do you think? Niners, Eagles, Cowboys? I think Cowboys usually. T.O. is Niners in that order, actually. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. He was a Seahawk for a minute. <laughs> was he? Yeah, I don't um, remember that. It was, a, it was a short stint. When he was on Dallas, here are his three years. He had 1,180 yards, 1,350 yards, and 1,000 yards. He had 13 touchdowns, 15 touchdowns, and 10 touchdowns in mm. those three seasons with Dallas. His age during those seasons, 33, 34, and 35. Wow. And the year before it, the year his, when he was 32, he missed half the season with an injury. And you're like, oh, 32, got hurt. What's he going to do? New team. Fell off the cliff. Yeah. And he's great. I'm just saying, it's been done before. And Julio is on that level, obviously. The other thing that threw me off the set was I was surprised Julio didn't sign with the Colts because Matt Ryan's there. And I'm like, did Matt Ryan not want Julio? And like, I just saw Julio said the other day, the second he left the Titans, he wanted to sign with the Bucks, and he just wanted to play with Tom Brady. And I'm like, I, 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 again, I, mean, I get it. Yeah. We have him ranked. I, I kind of think we have him ranked properly. He's like right outside the top 100. It's right when you want upside. But like, I, I, I just, I don't know. Like, are we going to look back and be like, this is like, like, I don't know, four notches below Randy Moss in 2007? I, adore this take i want to adopt it <laughs> and raise it as a son take it home i want yeah. this take this is so good i love it <laughs> craig you don't want any of this life i got a puppy right now oh my god i am sleep deprived <laughs> i'm telling you yeah. all right can i lay one on you can i lay my abstract take on you please <clears throat> all this all this we're doing fantasy prep <laughs> god damn it's it. all a massive waste of time <laughs> Heavily prepping for your fantasy football draft is just a huge waste of time. You know why? Because you could just show up an hour before your draft, pull up somebody's rank, pull up an expert's <laughs> rankings, and your team will be good. You could auto-draft. You don't need to do any of this. <laughs> just find one, get our rankings, Evan Silva, JJ Zacharyson, g- grab one of their rankings, pay 20 bucks for it, show up to your draft, and your team will be good. And you know, I just saved you 25 hours of your summer. God damn it, Craig. 
And we can't edit this out because he's the fucking producer. It's also already on the hottest. It's, this is on the hottest take too. So it's out there. The podcast, the hottest take. You listen. Craig, most people, how dare you? How dare you? What do you? How how could you define what's a waste of someone's time? I understand no, this that this undermines our, our very podcast. But listen, people listen to the show because it's fun. Listen, if you want to prep because you like it and you enjoy it, I think you should. That's why I did it before I was on this show. I did tons of prep every summer because I had fun doing it. But if you feel like you need to do it, you fucking don't. I, I think that here's the, this is also good for our brand DK because everybody's everybody else's podcast. They're like, you should listen to this podcast. And Craig's like, don't listen to this podcast. It's reverse it's psychology. It's a great podcast and listen to it to have a good time to enjoy, uh, you know, your time at the gym or a long walk or taking a shower or cooking, whatever. But if you think that this is necessary three pods a week to have a good fantasy football team, you're wrong. I just realized people might be listening to us in the shower. That's kind of weird to think about. It's also kind of kinky if you think kind about of sexy. it sexy emails yeah. at rigor fantasy football gmail.com if you heard that dk say that while you're in the shower i'm very curious <laughs> that would be incredible we'll shout out all, the, all of our shower i've listeners. never once thought about that that's interesting okay mm. i listen to podcasts in the shower i, I mean i do too so <laughs> i just Craig, that's like a, it a sh- it's a chef's kiss that's just like a maestro it's just yeah it's like you pr- you'd probably be fine without any of this you're like the whole i mean like i'm but by undermining our podcast i'm i'm highlighting our our website and our rankings like you really could just show up literally 30 minutes before your draft and google ringer fantasy football rankings and just draft based on our rankings or honestly most most experts they know what they're talking about your team's gonna be good (laughs) i saw you like flash forward to next year and nobody listens to the show (laughs) but the but the website's just tripling in traffic um, I have a, I have, I have another take purge on this like more meta level. If there's any actual mm. football takes left, you should let me know because this is. No, no go good. ahead. All right, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Joe Rogan are right. Everybody should do psychedelic drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Tossing Steve Jobs. Every, everybody, everybody, like they're right. Like it's about self love. You know what? I'm not saying everyone needs to do DMT, but like DMT, acid, mushrooms. Everyone should do a form of psychedelics. It's amazing. It there is like real science that suggests it opens up pathways in your brain that like are more so, like like they haven't been open since childhood. Like childhood. neuroplasticity. Op- yes, neuroplasticity and like wow. literal like the reason that sh- children have more imaginations is because their neurons don't basically know like they don't have streets. It's kind of like um when you're walking around like a like a a dirt yard like your footsteps are there, but then you as you're an adult you just kind of put a stone path so that when you take these drugs you kind of actually have more like they're neurons that ha- haven't talked to each other in a long time are communicating you gotta make in new unusual paths. ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. people say they can hear colors and stuff. And it sounds weird, but I'm just telling you, <laughs> it's about self-love, free expression. And you know what? Aaron Rodgers is right. Like, it's good to have unconditional love for yourself. Hi, Fitz. Are you on psychedelics right now? No, but I did do acid once and talk to a tree. And it, that was great. <laughs> I would just like to say that uh, the views of Danny Heifetz do not reflect the views of this podcast, and we are by no means, by no means, <laughs> we're not medical doctors that people should try psychedelic drugs. <laughs> I have, man, Craig has never been worried enough to do anything like that before. <laughs> Slippery slope, Heifetz. Well, I can't wait till the next take purge. We're all going to be tripping balls and sitting in a, a forest. <laughs> that would be a great one if we just all do DMT and then do a podcast. Speaking of showers, have you ever taken a shower high? It takes forever. It feels like you're in there for a fucking hour. DK, 
Uh, yeah. Were the kids taking psychedelics and looking at their porno mags in the woods <laughs> in the eighties? That seems like Probably. a good time. I did. I did have a couple. So by the way, the the discussion about generations and all that stuff like did spur quite a few emails to the to our email. So thank you for all the emails for that. Um, a lot of people were. It was basically split. Some people thought that you guys were nineties babies. Some people thought that you can define your own what it, what you are like two thousands babies, whatever. Um, or kids, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I did have several people text me about porn in the woods. Like it was a thing for sure. My friend found a pile of porn in the woods. <laughs> like just, there's just caches of porn. I just don't out. know how to respond to this. It's like the gold rush. Just get out in the woods, search for some <laughs> no, porn. Like that, that line in Superbad. Yeah. Well, you know, in Superbad, it was like, and then she just found the principal opens up. What was the line he said? My treasure trove dick lunchbox. <laughs> yeah. It's just a big triumphant uh, one. Um, oh, I forgot. I had one last. I forgot my last take, which was that we're so fucking stupid for thinking Gabe Dave will be good. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We watched him score four touchdowns and we ranked him as a top 50 player. What's wrong with us? We fell in love with his name before we did anything else and that was our yeah, first problem. Right. Oh, is that is that the siren? We're free. And we Woo! did it. What happened? I just blacked out for an hour. <laughs> so oh, does that man. mean I have to wait another year to talk about DMT? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my what are you God. talking about? I don't remember you talking about DMT. I, yeah, no, I have no. I don't know. I've been cleansed. I feel light. <laughs> Whew, I feel ready to draft a bunch of rookies. <laughs> in fantasy yeah i'm really i'm definitely not drafting josh jacobs Najee looks good and healthy <laughs> strong you guys i just want to say this last month not been a waste of time <laughs> <laughs> this last month time well Try spent. like last six years <laughs> however long we've been doing this how long have we been doing this like four years three years yeah i don't know yeah. <laughs> too long apparently i don't know all right thank you dk thank you craig thank you to everyone for listening seriously thank you it's, despite what craig says we appreciate it uh thank you to whoever made the purge movies whoever's got that just wrong mm. thank you um and thank you to all the ancient peoples who were into the psychedelic trucks thank you lord lord thank you phoenix <laughs> who silence phoenix <laughs> I, I, like, I always assumed there is a band named Phoenix, guys, but I can't say I'm familiar with their work. You guys would definitely have heard the, the song 1901. Okay. Go, go look it up. It says they are a French indie pop band. You know what? Yeah. Here's my problem, Deacon. I just figured it out. You hmm. are like the king of like, I don't know the names of songs, but then you just name songs. And I'm like, at least sing me the chorus. Uh, No, I will not do How that. How does 1901 go? It's funny that DK is the, the guy that we have made name bands because he's clearly like into the least mainstream music so most of his <laughs> references are just shit that goes over our heads danny low-key someone, someone wrote an email and i apologize for not remembering the name but someone wrote an email that was like danny went from just mailing it in with top hundred like bands and stuff to like to like naming all these indie like no name bands that like no one's heard of and he and he's scraping said, the bottom of the barrel of band names. Well, no, he said I he thinks I secretly have very good taste in music. So fuck you guys. Wow. Yeah. Well, oh, you do have good taste in music. I will never forget you going from naming Taylor Swift three times in four months to talking about mailing Stan it. Gets. I was just trying to relate to you, fucking young people. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, uh, what are you kids like? The kid rock? <laughs> kid bop? Kids bop? What's that? I don't even know what this shit is. Oh, by the way, I have to mention it what, before we go real quick. I just keep getting more and more stories about my friends hanging out with Andrew WK. 
Like yeah, multiple people have told me they hung out with them. I don't know. It was like my generation. Should we get him on should the podcast? Should we pod? get Andrew WK on the podcast? Oh, that would be amazing. I would love to see what he's up to. We should get days. him on the podcast. Yo, he's from Palo Alto. He's a Bay boy. Let's do it. Oh, I mean, yeah. DK, you seem to, can you just have one of your friends? I mean, friends he's basically an extended piece of my friend group based on all the texts I've gotten in we the last like, several Andrew. days. We should get Andrew WK on the podcast. Let's see if we can make that happen. I wonder if he plays fantasy football. That'd be His awesome. dad is a legal scholar at the University of Michigan Law School and co-author of the widely used Duke and Min, I don't know Duke Minor and Career Property Casebook. What words did you just say? I, you know, I, some I, I, legal <laughs> book that people read in law school. Okay. Smart, smart cookie. All right, we're gonna get him in the pot. All right, goodbye, everyone. <laughs>